0: Sign up today for your risk-free thousand-dollar sports bet. Download the WinBet app now, or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: Good morning. Good morning. It is April twenty-first, twenty twenty-two, Thursday morning, seven thirty-two a.m., and that means it's gosh, we are officially less than a week away from the NFL draft and it's time for Broncos for breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by as always out there in Atlanta, Georgia, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing this morning?
0: I'm good. A week away. Uh feels wow. like it's been, you know, a long time coming. You know, it's it's, you know, I covered recruiting for so long and by the time you got to signing day you're like, I'm tired of these kids. You know, I'm ready for a new group. Uh I'm not really I don't feel like that with this one though. I'm I, I like this class. I'm looking forward to seeing this class where they get drafted, where they go. And then, and then, you know, watching their careers unfold in the NFL the next decade.
1: Yeah. It's going to be fun to see how it plays out. I am a morbid curiosity now at this point and thank God not having to take a part in it, but how are the quarterbacks going to fall? I've maybe we can have a topic about that uh, later on, maybe on your channel or this one too, because it doesn't involve the Broncos anymore. Hallelujah. But um, after the Carolina at six, it gets a little bit questionable, you know, maybe Atlanta at eight. And then after that, I mean, New Orleans, maybe Pittsburgh, maybe I, who knows. So really curious, really, really curious to see what happens with the quarterbacks. But let's say hello to some people in the chat here. Good morning to one of our favorites, Ethan. Good afternoon, of Broncos country. Ethan, I hope you're doing well. And uh, hopefully you, even though the draft is almost going to be here and then come and go, keep pestering me about those linebackers because maybe eventually I'll come full circle. You never know. Don't, don't give up on me, Ethan. Good morning to you. Luke, right. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Good to see you, Luke. We got Bryce coming in saying, good morning, trying to sneak in and listen while I'm at work. Well, uh, it's probably a little bit better than sneaking in and listening while you're showering, which apparently is a big, uh, a big subset of our population here. So uh, (laughs) scrub it up. I mean, I guess, you know, good for you guys. Body bodily hygiene is important. Having, having, You know, everybody knows the stinky kid from middle school and elementary school.
0: (laughs) It's a little bit like motorcycles, you know, a a real motorcycle rider. It doesn't matter what you ride as long as you ride. Yeah. I I don't care where you listen. As
1: long as you listen. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Well, good morning to you, Bryce. And uh, hopefully you can still contribute. First off, hope glad you can listen. Second, hope you can contribute to the chat because that's what makes this group so special. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people in this uh, sphere, Broncosphere, football sphere in general, have podcasts or show and they're darn good at what they do. What makes this channel special, though, is you guys. I mean, for real, like, it's the back and forth, the way that you guys drive the content and the conversation. We're just vehicles for your ideas, and you guys kind of steer us uh, the right way. We're some racehorses, I guess. We have the blinders on. Uh, and EJ coming in. Bonjour. Oh, we got some French coming in this morning. Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, EJ. U.S. Dave in the house. Good Thursday morning, Bronco people. Sunny days in the house. Hope oh, he's saying drink your coffee, Scott. Sunny days with the thumbs up. Coffee emoji and the thumbs up. Good to see you. Kayleon Green, good morning to you, Kayleon. Smoking that cigar, Clayton. Here on morning, guys. Good to see you, Stone Cold Tim or Tim Slice TV on Twitch. Going to good to see you, Bow Slice. You Tim remember Beaus- Kimbo Slice YouTube sensation? Yep. Did he pass Kimbo away? Slice. Did he pass away? I think he had like. I think a... he did.
0: Okay, I well. kind of forgot about that. Those those dead or alives get harder as you get older.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, uh-oh. Um, I'm only 30 and I feel that way, Scott. Uh, Timbo Slice. Uh, morning, fellas. What's up, Broncos country? Good to see you, Timbo. Hope you're doing well. Clayton also says, got time to finally catch a morning show. Starting to work later, too wet outside. Smash that like button and share, guys. Thank you guys so much. And I listen to Clayton's advice. Make sure you come in uh, wherever you're listening, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Click the thumbs up. Click the uh, heart reaction, care reaction, whatever it is, uh, whatever emoji you prefer. And then uh, share the show as well. And make sure you're subscribed. Mark Schrader, coming in go ahead scott uh mark says good
0: morning guys and a couple couple nice comments in here we have some some new folks coming in uh pd swag says good morning so stoked to finally catch one of these live you guys are awesome well thank you you're awesome we're glad to have you here dale fleming also said i made a live broncos for breakfast i'm so proud falling sloth coming in here so good morning broncos country had a school book all our animal encounters for the week and then cancel well that sucks so i'm off today so by surprise well sorry for you but Glad you could uh glad you could join us. Yeah. Glad you could make the show for once. Uh I'm not drinking my sloth coffee today. I think Clayton asked what we were drinking. I'm drinking Cafe Brit Altazano. It's a 7 mm. on the 1 to 10 dark scale and it's damn good. Altazano from Cafe Brit. I like it a lot. Free publicity for Cafe Brit in this show. It's
1: it's a it's a niche but I know, I I'm going to clip them. it and I'm going to send it to him and say send me a check. <laughs> or just send but me a free, free coffee. coffee. Yeah. That'd be amazing. God, let me get in on that. I I hiked up to mailbox peak here in Seattle and uh, took up some stickers from back home, back in the Midwest. And I took a sticker of uh, what's the coffee that I drink? Verana street, which is a coffee roaster in Mm -hmm. Dubuque, Iowa, which I absolutely have a coffee that I absolutely love. It's like a, it's a flavored coffee. um, But it's like a caramel one. Got it. So good cow tipper. And I went up, I brought their merchandise all the way at mailbox peak. What's his 4,200 feet of elevation gain over nine miles. um well i guess only over three miles because uh five miles is back down is uh the descent um and like hey look at this picture on twitter look i made you famous it's on the mailbox with all these other stickers blah 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 nothing no response hurt me i think cafe brit maybe would maybe would listen to us but yeah, uh, exactly we'll we'll see we'll see i'm gonna i'm gonna clip this and send it to him matthew friday coming in good morning he also says it's my beater today happy birthday matthew good to good to see you good uh, coming on in here happy birthday um, the chat is singing happy birthday for you right now. Also, a Dirty Little Secret, I told Scott before. I don't have any kids yet. So I think this is kind of important to me without having kids, but it's Summit's second birthday. He turns two. So he's uh, he's still a big puppy. Um, but happy birthday to you, Matt. It's good to two's see a, you. Two's a good, especially for a retriever. You know, then they kind of, I've always said about about
0: dogs, I'm like, it's a good thing they're cute as puppies or they'd never make it to dogs because you'd kill them. So right as as a, the big retriever types, as they start hitting past two, then they become the dogs that you just absolutely love. I say pretty hard on my dog for a year and then I spend the next 12
1: years trying to make it up to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, a, he's they're, they're well behaved. I don't know if he's well behaved. He's very sweet, but he uh, he has zero impulse control, especially with uh, I live next to a big lake walk around the lake. Goose poop must be a gift of the gods because he just wants it so bad. Sorry. We'll get off topic here. Lawrence Rivera coming in. Thank you so much for the support. Lawrence. Good to see us as guys. Much love everyone. Good morning. Broncos, brothers and sisters.
0: Lawrence, uh, Lawrence breaking the ice today with the stars and then Jacob Foster, the silent one, following up with some, some big stars. Appreciate you, Jacob, as always a benefactor of the show, keeping us in coffee, keeping the lights on. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Greg Smith is in the house. Aloha, Nick and Scott. Greg Smith always hits us with the aloha. Good to see you, Greg. Um, we have Clee in the house saying nice to have a break from insanity for an hour. Well, uh, Scott, we're not doing our job. This should be pumping oh, no. up the insanity for an hour, if anything else. Um, Dale saying Nick and Scott are going to make us an omelet. Do you have a breakfast? Scott's a big breakfast foods fan, but I think a lot of times you like the simple... I, yeah things, i uh, you know,
0: if I go out I usually try and get stuff that I won't make myself so I'll get an omelette um I always liked everything omelets um i'm, I'm not I'm not overly picky hmm. um just make sure there's enough of it and I'm usually pretty happy so but um I love omelets french toast waffles pancakes all that stuff's good do. good I like a good I, Denver omelet honestly um you know the, uh, mushrooms onions peppers
1: lots yeah. of cheese all good I've, stuff I really love a good uh, omelet with goat cheese in it. I like those softer, kind of stinkier cheeses. The goat cheese is phenomenal. And also anything that is like mushroom truffle that has a bunch of different mushrooms in it, sign me up. I think mushrooms are divine. God, so good. Peter Middleton coming in with the uh, the support here saying, so Stephen Weatherly went to the Browns. I know he was a bench player, but in my opinion, he played pretty well and deserved another year with the Broncos. Did I miss something? I don't think he missed anything. I think that if the Broncos... Had an injury occur, uh, another injury occur. I guess besides Randy Gregory's shoulder surgery, can you call that an injury? I I don't know. Um, but no, if the, they, if the draft, not yeah, really, not really. But he's like more injury risk now. Uh, I guess he'd put it. But uh, I think if the brand, the draft came and went, and the Broncos did not add an edge rusher, then you would have seen the Broncos maybe bring in a, Stev- a Steven a Stephen Weatherly type. But they're probably looking to draft their edge maybe as early as sixty four. Uh, maybe trade up maybe not at all um so it's the fact that weatherly signed before the draft kind of puts him out of contention because broncos seem to be in a holding pattern until the draft and then they will reassess what the roster looks like and go from there and i think i looked at uh over the cap yesterday and they have about 14 million dollars i don't think they'll need all of that to sign the draft class because i think they're going to trade back some and uh, lower the cap hit on their overall draft expenditures this season but uh either way shout out to Steven Weatherly good for him Uh solid player where did he play was it Vanderbilt or Wake Forest yeah
0: Vanderbilt I mean Vanderbilt. He, he played in nine games and had 14 tackles you know was, I mean yeah. he might he might be looking for a it might be on him I want to I want to bet a bigger opportunity yeah. you know it's yeah. not just you might want to bring somebody in and say yeah but I, I only I didn't play last year I want to go somewhere where I can play yeah so that uh it, it might be on him to want to to want to leave also don't uh, don't forget about that uh, possibility as well. Snap counts. He was a special teams guy. He got, you know, forty six snap counts. He did. He did play two hundred and sixty two snaps for Denver last year, which is not an insignificant number, and no. only had fourteen tackles. So, meh, you know, yeah. meh. Okay, he is
1: kind of meh. He's a guy. He's one of those guys. You can find another guy. I uh, I did like his ability last year. I felt like when he came in, he was one of the few. Guys on this team that was a good edge setter in defense and uh, held up his own with length and strength and leverage at the point of attack, but that maybe just was a strong dichotomy to um, Malik Reed out there. So I know, and I know Seven Weatherly had a big game against the Los Angeles Chargers that Broncos home game. Sometimes when a guy has a good game like that, it kind of has a, an impact where people. You know, remember that and that stands out, and they think they do better the rest of the games. Um, Jonathan Cooper, another example of that. Jonathan Cooper was fine last year, but he absolutely beat the crap out of the Cowboys and had hype off of that, rode that hype for the rest of the season. So yeah, good player, but people
0: oh. can have a matchup. They can get lucky. That's why I've said it was almost statistically impossible for a guy like Stephen Means, a edge for the Atlanta Falcons, to like go the entire last 14 games without a quarterback hit. Yeah. You know, I mean, somebody blows an assignment in 14 games, for God's sakes. You should come unblocked in, in 14 games and uh, and have an impact. DWI guys saying, uh, talking about Debo, um, uh, too much capital and a high contract for Debo. Boy, that'd be fun. Yeah, I think the the cheaper option for him on a short term would have been Cordell Patterson. Um, I think uh, Debo's definitely a better wide receiver. And maybe he wants to move back out to wide receiver is one of the reasons why he once to leave San Francisco. It's like, listen, I don't want to be a running back. I get hit too much. Yep. Um, I am a wide receiver. Those wide receivers like being wide receivers. So maybe that's part of it also.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Debo and the Broncos would be fun, but that means that you're trading your second this year, maybe your second next year and Jerry Judy, Jerry something Judy. like that. <laughs> yeah. Which it probably makes more sense just to keep Jerry Judy. And then you have to pay Debo as well. The Broncos, the way things are coming guys. I mean, I hate to tell you this. I know we've been kind of in the, you can be aggressive because you have a lot of cap room and the Broncos do have a new rich owner coming in, but that Russell Wilson impending contract is going to change the formula a lot for the Broncos. You're talking 50 million a year against the cap and the Broncos aren't set up to have massive uh, cap numbers in the next couple of seasons either. They look pretty middle of the pack before they pay Russell Wilson. So obviously they're going to be able to find a ways to get it done, but how the team is being built is going to change. So you, this, this is a really important draft, uh, not for, it is important for 2022, but this draft this year is really important for what the future of the Broncos looks like because you need to hit on these cheap, cost-controlled guys because after you pay Russell Wilson, these are the types of contracts and players you're going to be leaning on to fill out a lot of your roster. So uh, good luck to Peyton. This is a very important draft for this Broncos well, team. and there's
0: been, there's been scuttlebutt that the cap is going to have a big increase in the very near future, and it sure feels that way, the way some yeah. of the contracts have been going out. TV money and, uh, is coming. You nope. Know, people the people complain about you know salaries of players and stuff i'm like you let me know the next time an owner goes broke okay please you know i'd rather have the money going to the players it's if if you want to blame anybody for the cost of contracts being out of control blame yourselves blame us we're the ones watching the tv we're the ones buying the products we're the one paying the inflated ticket prices until we do something about that price of sports is
1: going to keep escalating yep it's uh capitalism there uh paul coming in good morning nick and scott good to see you clayton asks in this draft do you guys think we'll pick up a blue chipper it's definitely possible that at 64 your odds of landing a blue chipper is pretty i'd say what probably like one in 20 something like that Maybe be beyond let's just say round three and on because pick 64 is the last pick getting a true blue chipper which to me means a building block piece you know that does happen but i would say it's probably about one in 20 um for those picks after the top 64.
0: I think it's zero because blue chipper describes what they are before the fact. Ooh, you are, you're right. Honestly, so, you're correct. Blue so chipper it's zero. is zero. You're not yep. going to get a guy that is a blue chip. You, you talk about a blue chip prospect, a blue chip recruit. Now, can they develop into a building block kind of? Yeah. yeah uh, developing one of those guys. Then yeah, you can, yeah. you can. Um, but the, of getting, you know, getting a yeah. guy, you know, a grade A coming, coming off out of the blocks at 64. No, you, you can't. Can yeah. you get a guy that can be a pro bowl player at 64? Yeah, you can. It's just a lot harder. Yeah.
1: That's a good call. Um words matter and you're right, blue chip is kind of determines like it's like a five-star it, it, guy. Even if a guy goes on to be good in the NFL and becomes a first-round prospect, he wasn't a blue chip recruit because he wasn't a five-star recruit.
0: Right. He was a he was a sleeper developmental guy or underrated uh, that he you know, he wasn't he wasn't a blue chip prospect. Yep. So absolutely. No, the odds of getting a a, a guy there, you know, unless you know, it, it you, you, start falling to the Warren saps, Randy Moss, the guys that fall for off the field reasons. Um, you know, they were smoking dope or something, you know, back then, um, you know, cause to me, Sam Williams knocks on the door of that blue chip prospect status, but he gets knocked off of that pedestal because of the questions that surround him. I think he's, I think he's pretty darn good, Nick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know you're right. Uh, you know, what else is pretty darn good. Franklin Peterson coming in with the $5 super saying good morning, everyone. A little bit late. Franklin, you're just in time. If you're, uh, you know, helping us support with the $5 supers like this, uh, go Broncos. Thoughts on Cam Juergens, uh Nebraska center at pick 64. I was talking to some people yesterday and I would say that. Uh, if Cam Juergens is there at 64 and the bird board falls a certain way, then this could be a possibility. Um, so I would be okay with it. I think that center is probably the position that can, the Broncos drafting somebody in day two of the draft is probably going to make the biggest impact on what this team looks like in 2022, offensively speaking. So, and I think Jurgens, a lot of people have him as center number one. So uh, if they took him at 64, it's not a position of value, so to speak, because you can find centers throughout the draft, but at pick 64, you're resetting the cost control of that position. You're getting an athlete with some length as well and some size and versatility. I get it. One thing about Cam Juergens, I will say that uh, does concern me a bit is that he had, I think, three or four poor snaps at Nebraska this last year um, that resulted in you know botched snaps, fumbles, et cetera, et cetera, which is a good, good rate. Um, you want to watch out for that. I, if you guys remember, that was a big deal, a big deal for uh Connor McGovern as he transitioned from guard to center for the Broncos and then he got it kind of squared away but uh, definitely watch for Cam Jurgens at 64. I think that's a actually a distinct possibility for the Broncos.
0: Yeah I think it gives you ability to move them around too I mean yeah. usually center can play guard guard can can play center um, doesn't mean that's their best position but interior mm-hmm. line I kind of group those together as as mm-hmm. guard center
1: for sure absolutely Ryan coming in here saying Broncos and biscuits for breakfast. Great way to start the morning. Good to see you, Ryan. Also, we got Barack coming in. Good morning. Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you, Barack and DWI guys, Ethan saying P- pro football focus, changed rankings again. So mock draft was weird today. Um, go ahead, Scott.
0: Um, good. This is the, I know they changed them. Um, what was it? Monday night or so was it Tuesday it night? Again? We did our first draft. Um, I think it, uh, I I don't remember. But anyway, it was right after one of the shows. I think it was right after the building the Broncos. Uh, So I think they changed it Tuesday night and we did our first mock draft with it on Wednesday morning on my channel. So we're going to go through it. We want to do one today on Thursday before we get into the weekend. Go through PFFs because some of the guys that we were getting bad grades for have now moved up. Thank you for catching up PFF. Huh, that's um, so we we want to uh, we want to go through a, a live mock draft to close the show, and we can burn through those in about ten minutes at this point. So yeah, we'll get into that too.
1: And I think Pro Football Network still has the uh, draft class option is from the twenty twenty eleven class. So uh, that's, <laughs> they they a little bit behind. Um, Kaylee on say Nick, who was the female on the show Saturday trying to get on? Oh God, uh, that was Kendall uh, Pro Football Focus, and you can follow her on Twitter and Kendall she- Valenzuela. Kendall Valenzuela, yep, there was a Kendall I went to high school with. And she was cute, but I knew it was never going to happen because a uh, Kendall Kendall is just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's awful. It's can't, just can't be done. It's against the rules. So, uh, no, she was God brilliant. Um, really well-spoken really enjoyed having her on, uh, make sure you guys are following her on Twitter, former Seattle native went to Denver and now with a uh, pro football focus. So she did disparage Cincinnati a little bit. Sorry guys, if there's any Cincinnati listeners on here, but, um, Having moved from Iowa to the Pacific Northwest, I I, I kind of get it. <laughs> no, you,
0: and you, that's one of the reasons you live in places like that. You know, you yeah. like it to be a little calmer. You know, a little, a little slower as far as that stuff goes. But it, it, anywhere I've gone, I could find places to get in trouble. Yeah, that's, <laughs> there's that's there's true. something going on everywhere if you want to find it. And Peter just coming in saying a blue chip would be very unlikely, but Simmons was a third rounder, Wilson too, and Tom Brady was a sixth. So yep. that that wasn't the point. Just to, to clarify on this, typically when you're talking, the using the term blue chipper, you're talking about before the fact, not what do they develop into. Yeah. So blue chip guys go first. That's why they're, they're, they're blue chip prospects. You don't say he's a blue chip player. You say he's a blue chip prospect. So you're predicting the future with the term blue chip. So can you get a Pro Bowl player at 64? Yes, you can. Will you get a blue chip prospect, one of these guys with all the bona fides, all of the the intangibles, the the size, the speed, and all these things? No, because a blue chip prospect goes in the first round. Hence the tank, that, That's what that means. No. So just want to try and, and be clear on that. That the and, it, and it's just a play on words, really. Can you get a blue chip guy at? And it was just the way the question was asked. Um, can you get a guy at 64 who can be a big contributor to the Denver Broncos? Yes absolutely you can
1: yeah absolutely and trevor coming in here good morning to you trevor good to see you hope you're doing well happy thursday uh nick and scott what is the likelihood that the broncos draft speed wide receiver at 64 since kj has been inconsistent if so what wide receiver do you see them drafting thanks it's gonna be interesting um we have not seen george payton spend a premium investment on a wide receiver he took sam uh Seth Williams last year, not Sam Williams, um, Seth Williams last year, uh, who didn't make much of a contribution, but he was a six round round? pick. Six, six round. He's a six rounder. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, went in the sixth round for a reason, you know, not a dynamic athlete for the wide receiver position uh, compared to the guys who tend to go earlier, but uh, we haven't seen what premium investment at the position looks like. We also don't know what the offense looks like with Justin Outen, with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, with Russell Wilson. So I think it's possible. However, racking my brain, who are the like actual, you know, like KJ Hamler speed guys that would make sense there at pick 64? I, you have Calvin Austin, mm-hmm. who is that kind of player, but other than that, I don't really V-List Jones, Tennessee. Velas Jones, yeah. He's
0: he seems similar
1: with, to me that, in that way in that regard. Yeah, the big issue with Velas Jones is that he is old as heck for a wide receiver. He's gonna be 25 years old. Um Wandale Robinson, it's another one that's kind of a more gadgety than wide receiver, but you could say KJ Hamler's a little gadgety as well. And for me, I could see it, but you just want to get good players in here. Um, so if they want to get speed up with 64, they love Calvin Austin. I guess I could see that, but I think that's probably more. You're probably going to see what that looks like in later in the draft this season. If you do bring in a speed guy, not 64. And also then you reprioritize in the 2023 draft and beyond for reassessing those wide receivers. Cause then you'll have a uh, KJ Hamler and, and uh, Jerry Judy potentially only on one year of control left. That was when it makes sense to bring in a rookie. Then you can, you know, groom them for starting in 2024 and
0: beyond. Lawrence coming in says, I think there are certain climates that are worse than others. Geographically, you know, Buffalo, uh, anybody playing, uh, beast in those environments that we might want to take. Um, not quite sure what that means. Um, yeah. but there's I, guys that are playing in Iowa in, yeah. in the hot South down in Miami. So yeah, there's, you know you're not necessarily looking, Okay, this guy is a mutter, so I want to make mm-hmm. sure I'm drafting him because we're gonna be playing in the rain. You're you're looking for for players and it's kind of nice, you know, that stats can be inflated if I'm playing, you know, in, in good weather all the time, the West mm-hmm. Coast guys. Um, uh, but for me that means more in baseball than it does in football, Nick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't really care where guys come from. I mean, the the level of competition matters as far as analyzing the tape because you want to see, you know, offensive tackles going against guys who are going to be future NFL players uh, rushing the edge, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, a quarterback, you know, absolutely dicing up a, let's say like, who is it? Bryce Young killing Chattanooga or something like that, or Matt Corral whipping up on Liberty. Okay. I mean, is he making the plays? Is he not being detrimental? I'm going to hold the bad play more against him than the good play, but good guys come from anywhere all walks.
0: And the quarterback position makes me a little more nervous in that regards because it's harder to measure what makes a good quarterback. Now I've I've used this expression before. I don't care the level of competition as long as that player is dominating it, but I do then want to see the measurables. You take Adrian Peterson and drop him in Northern Iowa. He's still Adrian Peterson. That doesn't change. But if you've got a guy dominating at Northern Iowa or someplace, you know, a a smaller level of competition, and then you bring him in and he's a little undersized and he's a little under speed, he's a little under athlete, he just happens to be dominating that competition, then it's a little bit more of a worry. It's one of the reasons, you know, why do I like Troy Anderson so much? He's at Montana State. Well, who couldn't dominate at Montana State? Well, he's he's a monster athlete. You know, he's one of the best athletes in this draft at, at any position, let alone linebacker six, three and a half, 243 pounds, running four fours and jumping 39 inches. That translates. So the, the ability he's dominant, he couldn't do anything more at his level yep. of competition. Couldn't do anything more. Did it all. Yeah. And then he's an athlete. He's got an athlete as an athleticism profile that puts him at the top of the class. So that's why I like a guy like that, despite the
1: lower level of competition. Yep, exactly. I mean, you you do have questions from the tape that arise, but, this is unfortunately and makes it makes you kind of rewires your brain to be a negative Nancy, but you're looking for reasons to not draft these guys, right? You're starting at the top and then you're knocking them like what he can't he do. What can't he do? And after you have all that, okay, now what can he do? What's his role, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of a tear down and build up process for me uh, when I look at the athletic profiles and the tape.
0: And it's nicer covering NFL draft in that regard. because you can be a little more honest than when I did recruiting because you're select you're you're trying to bring players and they're choosing you and when you start being negative about them yeah their fans get really weird so you know yeah. you'll hear me you won't hear me talk negatively a lot it'll be the reverse positive you know he's not soft i just like to see him be tougher he's okay. not too short he just needs to get a little bigger he's not too slow he just needs to get a little quicker i'd like to see a little more burst that kind of stuff and this one you can say you can be a little more honest about it and say yeah. man i don't think he's fast enough uh, yeah. when we're when we're talking about those type of things because these guys don't have a choice yeah. where they're going to school they're not choosing you and validating that you know that Northwest Dakota state Texas a m is the best place in the world because he chose me over you I knew that well Scott Kennedy says a guy sucks Scott
1: Kennedy's an idiot um both can <laughs> be true might, right? be, now, might be uh max power coming in with two pounds all right Yeah, two pounds. Thank you so much, Max. Uh, Would you take a receiver at 64 if they're best player available? Yes, I would. I think wide receiver is a valuable enough position, and I'm treating this draft much more about the long-term health of the Broncos than anything else. Now, it would have to be a pretty obvious BPA for me because I'm looking at interior defensive line, edge, linebacker, safety, offensive tackle, cornerback, all before wide receiver. But if uh, I'm looking at uh, Dane Brugler's uh, list of wide receivers right now, if any of the top... Eight guys for me specifically, eight guys are there at pick 64. I have to think long and hard. Um, and I'll just list the first round guys here because they won't be there, so uh, we'll just get them out of the way. Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, Drake London, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, those guys are not going to be at 64 unless something happens where you know Laramie Tunsil bong video released right before the draft. Um, after that, though, there's some there's a three names that maybe are there at 64 I don't think they will be but you know, there has to be at least a conversation for me uh with Jahan Dotson at Penn State Skymore at Western Michigan who I love and as somebody we haven't spoken about much on here but a very good player and if his medicals uh pass then might be one of the steals of the draft in George Pickens from Georgia who pretty much missed this entire season has incredible acrobatic plays on tape. If you guys want to get hyped about a wide receiver, making athletic highlight plays, go look up George Pickens, um, freshman year. People thought he was going to be a top 10 pick before that injury. He's kind of weird. Cause he, uh, 6'3, 195, and put on a little bit of weight, ran a sub four, 4'47, which is good. 32 and three eights arm length, eight and three quarter ha- hands for somebody who makes the acrobatic plays on the size that he does to have the small hands like that is so weird. Um, but he's a really good player. If he was BPA at 64, then I would have no issue with it. I think uh, if the Broncos did take a wide receiver at 64, that might be a little bit of a Jerry Judy step up because you are on the potential chopping block for being moved or something like that, Uh, just contractually speaking, and maybe getting some value back for the 2023 draft. Um, And this is, again, we talk about taking a wide receiver at 64. We talk about taking a running back at 64. Unlikely, exceedingly, exceedingly unlikely. But there's a reality where, Maybe that's the direction to go. And I know people will scream, you know, Oh, why would we take a wide receiver here? If you guys remember the Broncos, cause he was there. And also you guys, I like to use personal stories for the Broncos. That make sense. I mean, it was the 2016, 2017 season. Broncos had the no fly zone still going with an elite defense. Quarterback was not so good anymore, but elite cornerback groups. And then just two you, two years later, the Broncos cornerback room was one of the worst in football Uh, in Vic, with Vic Fangio in uh, the 2020 season. So, guess what needs fluctuate quickly. What you think is a strength right now can be a weakness just a year from now. Football is volatile. Teams are cyclical. And uh, if you want to keep something strong, you invest in it. So I I think, especially at pick 64, people get way too upset about specific needs and whatnot. Just get good players that fit your scheme that are valuable that you think can hit. That's the most important thing.
0: Yeah. If you have one of those guys that drops that you absolutely love again, you're not, people talk about like best player available. Like it's a Bible. You know if I've got a board of one to a hundred, I might consider forty five through seventy basically the same guy. They might have the same grade. I might just like this one this much more than the next one. But if I in my board, if I've got a big gap in my ratings as I'm going through this and that guy at the top of the gap is still there, yeah, I might select him no matter where he is, you know, except maybe quarterback. and even then, who knows? but yeah, i would uh, I wouldn't have any problem taking a wide receiver at the spot if it, Christian Watson falls down. And and yeah. then you're dealing from a position of strength, you know. Somebody's not going to be happy, but you know, life's not fair. And I felt nobody says you're you're guaranteed to a a a, a job.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Michael Ronquillo in the house. Good morning, Broncos country. Go Broncos! Bryce was saying y'all Michael's making. work been, uh, my- doing the YouTube thing
0: lately, so came in with a, a a monster super last night that I noticed on YouTube. So thanks, Michael.
1: Michael, that's for us, not for Chad and Zach. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> just have to tease about it. Uh, Bryce coming in saying y'all truly make work go by faster and much more enjoyable uh, for me. Appreciate the show. Ethan also coming in saying I brought a super chat, but YouTube glitches and it isn't showing. Well, let us know, Ethan. Yeah. Yep let us let us know. Let us know. We'll uh, if you got a question or anything like that. And uh, appreciate the support. It's the thought that counts. Yep. Appreciate the effort. And Cassie's in here too. always like to say hello to our mile high huddle lady, St. Peter Milton. Hey, hello to you, Cassie. I know you said hello earlier. And Tim also says, I thought it was Leo Collins. that had the bong rip video during the draft. No, it was Larry Tunsell. I will not forget that draft. Uh, Leo Collins had the, his ex-girlfriend was murdered um, before the draft. And uh, he had a lot of questions. So he was, teams are just not going to draft him until that was resolved. He was found, you know, not to be involved in that, but it like happened like a week before the draft and his recently ex-girlfriend uh well, they found her dead and murdered, which god you know, sucks. But uh <laughs> unbelievable we didn't even talk about that stuff. But it definitely was uh Leo Co- or not Leo Collins. It was definitely Laramie Tunsil with the bong rip, it had to do with his stepdad and something going on there he's he trying to sever relationships and he his stepdad released the video or something. Some ugliness there, uh no doubt. Yeah, definitely worth an eye roll um, from you there, Scott. Eddie coming in saying, Hey, Nick and Scott, good morning. Do you think we are still going to free agency or just stick with the drafts? If we do trade at draft, could we lose a player? What position do you think that we, that would be okay. um, Holy run on sentence, Batman. I do this too, Eddie. So I'm just teasing you. That's sometimes like, Oh my God, what am I doing here? This, this paragraph is one sentence long. Um, So thank you, Eddie. Um, First is going to be free agency. I think then they'll use the draft after our free agent. Okay. First will be the draft. Then afterwards, they'll use free, free agency to fill in some holes. Um, backup running back's a position. Tight end, you have a Kyle Rudolph you brought in. If you don't draft the tight end in the first four rounds, maybe they look to bring in Kyle Rudolph to help the room. Maybe they bring in a running back, another edge rusher, or something like that, defensive lineman. All those positions make some sense. As far as a trading in the draft, definitely possible. What players could the Broncos trade in the draft? I'm trying to think of guys who make sense from a contract structure who would bring back some value. And a lot of times that's guys on rookie contracts, rookie contracts, guys. I know there was some talk yesterday for Debo Samuel trade. Oh, maybe they're trading Cortland Sutton. Not if they just restructured his contract and skyrocketed as guaranteed money. They wouldn't have done that. Cortland Sutton's here now uh, for a foreseeable future. Tim Patrick too, with the contracts, the way they're set up. Um, so maybe, I think it's not likely to trade him this season, but Jerry Judy is definitely one of your more tradable assets mm-hmm. because you have two years of control left. There are some questions about his fit in the offense and uh, also some questions about his, how much the Broncos have enjoyed his social media persona slash behavior. Um, put it that way. So um, it's okay if you're putting up 1500 yards. Yeah. You got to be different, uh, special and Jerry Judy has not been special yet. It's an NFL level. Um, the other one is probably uh Lloyd Cushionberry, name to keep out, uh, keep an eye on. Um, so, well, those are the two that come to mind, but we will see. Uh how and You're it not plays. getting anything for Lloyd Cushionberry. You probably you could get like a 2023 20, 7th round pick. That's, That's what nothing. I'm thinking. So, you're not getting anything for him. George Payton would like the picks though. I mean, it's kind of like the <laughs> Broncos last year trading it's, for Kenny Young Those are throwaways.
0: Um to I'll a take certain them. extent. Those are throwaways. Yeah. Uh yeah. Ethan, Ethan this is uh one of the questions uh, the 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 YouTube eight is Super Chat. Um I'm going to make that into a shirt. Uh, Just wanted to see how important you guys consider DBs to be in this draft. I personally think it's important that our depth seems to be super thin. Now, this was a conversation from one of your articles last night. uh, I think it was Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah talking about the defensive back. Seemed like one of the bigger needs for the Denver Broncos and me sitting in the back. That's why I can't listen to sports radio. I'm like, I want to interject my opinion here on a lot of things. So it's tough. I'm like pounding away at the keyboard in the background. So it'll be nice to... uh, it'll be nice to to address this, but I want you to take first shot.
1: Well, first off, my question is, were they talking about that last night on uh huddle up? Yes. Did that come up in conversation? Mm-hmm. I mean, is defensive back the biggest need for the Broncos? The Broncos roster is set up right now where they could go a number of different ways. And it's more about strengthening the room to take on vol- uh, the volatile nature of football. Uh, there's going to be injuries that happen and there's that's the reason you're drafting some of these depth guys this season. You hope they can push the guys on the fringe and then take over this season or down the line. Um, So somebody like a, and I think this secondary definitely makes sense, whether that be a, a safety or a cornerback adding to that room is fine with me right now. You're set up to probably lean heavily on Caden Stern slash Jamar Johnson slash J.R. Reed slash uh, PJ lock all potentially, you know, with, especially with the dime back looks, in line for some big roles. None of those guys were highly drafted assets. If you want to bring in somebody that you like more to compete, maybe push somebody out of there. God bless. I mean, that's football. Sometimes cornerback room, you are an injury away f- there from being Lord knows and cornerbacks, a position where a guy has turf toe, a guy has hamstring poof six weeks later, you know, we, he's gone. Uh, he's not there. So I could definitely see them bringing in a cornerback or a defensive back early. I would push back, slightly as far as it being the biggest need. And I know that the segment they had was they have to pick one, but it I would was, put,
0: and that's what I wanted to yeah. say is like, this wasn't like a written article where they had time to like, really think out their thoughts, proofread and go back through it and do a little yeah. bit of research. This was kind of off the cuff. It was a podcast, wasn't it, Nick?
1: Yeah, it was a podcast. You know, so I give it.
0: them a little bit more slack on that. Cause we do this and there's things. That's why we always say, listen, if you got a question or a comment, maybe I want to clarify, hit, hit me after the fact. It gives me a little yeah. bit more time to answer and, and clarify my thoughts and, and speak like, you know, no, you can't get a blue chip at 64. Well, Scott, that's a more. You, you can't say that. Look at all the guys that get drafted after this. That wasn't the point. That wasn't yeah. the point. So maybe I can say it yeah. a little bit better, uh, you know, in writing. So I give them a little bit of slack yeah. on that one coming off the cuff saying, yeah, defensive backs a big need. That said, you can play 10 defensive backs, yeah, you know, in a game, you know, so and you're going to need six corners. You know, when you're when you're in dime, you're looking at two safeties, four corners or three yeah. and three you can you need 10 defensive backs you don't need it's nice a lot of people don't have two defensive backs but if you were to take a top 3 defensive back a top 4 defensive back in the draft that makes the top 4 of your squad he's going to make you better he's going to play a lot and yeah
1: you could do that at 64 and it's really hard to hide defensive backs in today's NFL with how passing oriented the league is and with just the talent of the offensive ball and how the rules are set up it's a space position so um and it's also a system uh, i was listening to an athletic show yesterday where they had a data analyst on to talk about uh, positions and it's a, it's a system fail or it's a failure system where the first player to mess up the whole system fails rather than the first player to succeed makes the whole player succeed it's a difference between like wide receiver Or edge rusher versus offensive line and defensive back. So, um, for offensive line and wide receiver, you'd rather have a guy who is so godly that uh, you can go to them no matter what, and then the whole unit succeeds. Like a passer, like when uh, Aaron Donald is at his best, you can play whoever next to him. He's succeeding, therefore the whole unit is succeeding. If you have Jalen Ramsey back there, but you're playing with two other scrubs, they're avoiding Jalen Ramsey and picking at the two other scrubs. So even though you have Jalen Ramsey, it does help you to an extent. There's some scheme stuff. This is obviously. Uh, dumb down some but you want to have uh your floor your worst player level of play as high as possible in the secondary so investing in the secondary makes a lot of sense there also like i said secondary is an injury position um it's a position where even if you're dinged a little bit your play can drop a lot so Mm -hmm. having three four five cornerbacks out there that you trust really helps you and this is going to be probably emphatically true in the afc west where i think all of these teams right now are going to play a lot of 11 and 10 personnel. I don't see a team that is loaded up at the tight end position um, with talented tight ends that are going to be trying to go, you know, old school, smash mouth, 1990s, 12, 21 personnel ball. Um, this is going to be a throw it around the yard type of division. So set secondary for sure.
0: It's a pass happy league. And, and Nick, yeah. I listened to about the first 35 minutes of the athletic pod that you sent me about edge rushers and linebackers. And the thing that got that I was starting to get a little annoyed with, I'm like, they're talking about the, the evolution of the league, and they never mentioned rule changes. Like yeah. one of the reasons they've had so many evolutions to this league is because of all the rule changes that have benefited the passing game. Every yeah. single rule change in the last 50 years has benefited the passing game. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming a seven on seven league. Except, you know, instead of pulling a flag, you you can hit the quarterback, just not below the waist, yep. not above the shoulders. You've got a target about that big where you're allowed to hit him. So it's uh having more defensive backs is a good thing. Mark trader you're awesome. says, good morning, no question today, but really enjoy uh, you both. Well, we really enjoy you as well. Thank you for being here. Uh, You are a big help and contributor to this show, uh, literally. So thank you very much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, I'll be out of service this weekend. So if you guys do a show, I'll watch it later. Much love, everyone. Um, We got uh, Julian coming in. I don't recognize this name, Julian, saying uh, linebacker or cornerback should be the first picks, then pick uh, Jelani Woods later. Man, I... I'd be fine with how this plays out, but I'm not married to any of this. Seriously, mm-hmm. the only positions right now with the Broncos where I'm like, maybe they shouldn't be taking it at 64 uh, for me specifically is fullback. Duh, Uh kicker, punter. We'll just get that long snapper, get it out of the way. It's quarterback, not
0: even a fullback anymore, Nick. It's not even a position anymore.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, unless you're Kyle Juszczyk. Um, But I would say a quarterback's a position at 64 with how this roster is set up. You should not go quarterback up here. Guard doesn't make any sense for me with how this team is set up at 64. Now, if they are right tackle guard or center guard, then okay. But a pure guard doesn't make sense for me after that. Honest to God, I don't care. Um, I will add the caveat that this year specifically, I don't have any tight ends that are worth the 64th overall pick for the Broncos. Now, other years, there would be guys that are worth that. It's not so much the tight end position itself, although that is devalued, but it's the prospects available. Uh, for tight end. I wouldn't take any of these guys myself at pick 64, but um, really you just got to let the board fall to you. And if the best player available at pick 64 is Jaquan Brisker safety. Hallelujah. Best player available at pick 64 is Kyler Gordon, cornerback. Awesome. Quay Walker, linebacker. Hallelujah. Kenny Walker running back. Okay. I get it. I don't have any problem with that. Honest to God. Um, So real good flexibility. And that's a shout out to George Payton doing what we've screamed about on these shows for years, for years, free agency, free agency, You need to make your roster as complete as possible so whatever you have uh, can go take the field and you're comfortable with that before the draft even happens. Then when the draft comes, let the board fall to you. Guys that fit your scheme, guys that fit your culture, guys that fit your specific metrics, positional value allotment, et cetera, et cetera, all come into play so you can take a really holistic approach to the draft and not hold yourself back. You don't want to limit your options. It's already hard enough to draft and hit picks. Your odds are already too low. Why limit your options?
0: String guy comes in. Says, uh, Scott, why is Zach so opposed to drafting uh, a running back one in this draft? I'm not convinced we have a guy in the roster who can hold up as running back one through 17 games in the playoffs. Uh, A couple of reasons here. Uh, String, I appreciate the question. And we're talking, um, uh, went a lot last night. Zach Kelberman, for those of you uh, that aren't positive, that just watch us in the mornings, huddle up pod. A couple of reasons. One, you've got an RB1 you do Javante Williams Two at 64. There's probably other ways you can use that, that pick that will help the team more because you've also have Mike Boone. This is something Nick and I have talked about a lot. If you are talking about a running back in the second or third round, it means Mike Boone is done. It means they don't trust Mike Boone to be a second running back. Cause you do, you need to, you've got to, you're paying a second guy very well right now. So he also believes in Mike Boone. So that's another reason. And three, you can get guys, you know, if I'm I'm looking at a, at a board here right now and I'm like, okay, let's say James Cook, who's ranked 90th on NFL mock draft database and you reach for him and take him at 64, I might get Devante Price in the sixth, yeah. who's 6'2", 205 pounds running four fours out of FIU. Um, you know, so there's, there are guys you can get. So it's not necessarily against taking a running back. You're going to need a third running back. You're going to. Yeah. You might need a second one. That's the question about Mike Boone. That's the big question we still have. It's about taking a running back early. They don't want to take a running back early. And frankly, I don't want to take a running back early for this team either. I'd I'd rather use that at tackle, at edge, at corner, uh, one of those three positions before I'd even think about
1: taking a running back uh, at that spot. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And uh, I am very much uh, running backs don't matter. It's always a little tongue in cheek. I don't like paying running backs, big second contracts. I don't like using a first round pick on a running back. I don't like, really even like using a top 40 pick on a running back. But uh, this is a good transition to our topic earlier. The Broncos most uh, valuable weapons on the team for 2022. And this is the conversation. <laughs> this is this is funny. Somebody's like, where's Nick? You've been uh, invaded by you know, body snatchers or something. Um, I think the most Im- valuable and important, excuse me, the most important Broncos offensive weapon this season for the way the roster is set up right now is Javonta Williams. Um Cause right now for one season specifically, I don't trust Mike Boone as the number two, just because I don't know Mike Boone as the number two option. Uh, he could be very good, but you're not paying him like he's great. You're paying him like he's a number two, which is okay. But um you don't know if he can hold the load there. And Javonta Williams has never been a bell cow back since dating back to high school. Uh, he had Michael Carter there at North Carolina. He had Melvin Gordon this last season. So, and I don't consider Russell Wilson. An yeah, offensive not counting weapon. Russell
0: Wilson. Yeah, that, one, not- that one's obvious. Uh, offensive skill players not that aren't quarterbacks.
1: Yes. So, uh, for me, I think Javonta Williams is number one, and it's because if you lose Javante Williams, your offensive structure falls apart. Now, you could lose him for a couple games and be okay, but if you lose him for anything more than six, I think you're in trouble. And that goes also because of Russell Wilson's avoidance of the middle of the field. Um, I think if you use the short, quick pass game and the run game, it can be a little bit redundant, but because the short, quick pass game over the middle of the field is less with Russell Wilson, that means your running back, your running game is more important. You have to rely on that. So really, I think, uh, I really think it's Javante Williams number one, which is crazy. He's not the most valuable. Like if there was a trade right now, Jerry GD would get more, the wide receivers get more because running backs are replaceable and you can find them every single draft. And they're also only as valuable as the rookie contract, typically. But for this draft, or for this team specifically for twenty twenty two, I don't trust what's behind Javante Williams. If he goes down, I'm worried about the offensive structure. He's my well, there's most. There's no
0: important. there's no redundancy built in right now. Again, yeah. the the talk, and I'll say it I'll say it until we find out differently. The reason why there's so there seems to me there's so much talk about the second running back position is because Mike Boone might not be the guy. Is he? That's, again, that's the question we've got. Hmm. I'd like to see him. Let's let's get him 10 carries for 10 games, uh, 10 carries a game, and see if he can be a, a legit number two. Otherwise, they don't trust him. And if they don't trust him, they need to cut him because you're not paying a, a backup two and a half, a third string running back two and a half million a year. No way. You know, that's a, a seventh round guy. That's a practice squad guy that you bounce in and out. Um, so I, I'd be okay with that pick, Javante Williams. Everywhere else you've got a redundancy built in except
1: tight end. Tight end, but that's one I agree with you on tight end. Um, but I'm okay with the specialized bodies here, so let's uh keep getting into it. Um, I'll just go for my top uh ranking of the Broncos players in terms of value and importance. Uh, the pass catchers, I have the next four being wide wide receivers, not even getting a tight end yet, as terms of importance. They're just placeholders, they are the linebacker of the offense. Whereas yeah, long I was as they're just not going as
0: far as redundancy, yeah, no, you no, know, right. if uh, if if I've got four wide receivers, one of them goes down, okay, well, that means somebody moves up the number one whoever the number one is and that's that's the fun thing about the broncos who is the number one guy could be any one of three guys yep so if one of those guys goes down whoever you put at number one you move everybody up the rung and then really your number four just gets worse so that's not so bad there's redundancy built in there um but who would you say and let's, let's hit this one real quick before we get to uh the next guys as far as rob coming in the green super appreciate that very generous super rob says, could we afford to pay all three of Russ, Jerry Judy, and Bradley Chubb next offseason, assuming they produce or demand an extension? Listening from Nashville, go Broncos.
1: Uh, If Jerry Judy demands an extension, in my opinion, he's gone. Um, I'm trading him because I think you can find other wide receivers in the way the contracts are set up. Um, I'm looking for other guys. And you listed, I think, Russ is going to get an extension. Regardless, Chubb, you don't know right now. You do have the power of the tag, which can do things, and maybe you can even do a tag-and-trade situation for him, and that's one reason that I am gung-ho about drafting an edge rusher early. Not only are the top guys above uh, the, the top guys of your uh, edge rushers and Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb injury-prone, not playing a lot of games, but Chubb's set to walk after the season. So I would want to draft somebody this year that can help the room and give you some protection there in case there is an injury injury but then also hopefully step in and take Chubb's place next season as a cost-controlled option at the second most highest paid position in football at the edge rusher spot. Um, and Rob,
0: I think you could afford to. You just might yeah. not want to.
1: Um, and, I,
0: and the question for me is is the tag for sure on Bradley yeah. Chubb. Uh, if yeah. he produces double-digit sacks, tag him. Make him yep. do it two years in a row. Make him prove he can do it two years in a row and tag him. I don't particularly like that option, but by God, if I'm in charge, I'm using it. I'm, I'm going to yeah. use that option. I, I just, I don't like limiting players options like that. It seems yeah. unfair to me, mm-hmm. but uh, you know,
1: $20 million is a, is a, is a pretty good compensation for being unfair. Yeah. And I would love to get to, if that happened with Chubb, you know, tag him. And then somebody offers you two second round picks to move on from him. Um, I know it's an edge. You'd hope for a first, but the two seconds is also really good, especially we keep coming back to it, how this team is going to have to be set up. You're going to need young cost controlled rookies to contribute big time uh, on the roster with your quarterback making $50 million. So that's going to be a big time one. And you didn't list, Uh, I think the the guy who's in line to get a big contract there that I would have a conversation with before, maybe even Chubb and uh, Judy is uh, Draymond Jones. I think Draymond Jones is going to have a big year this year. Excited to see what he can do. So um, next for me, ranking the wide receivers, I'm going to go Cortland Sutton, number one, then Tim Patrick, then Jerry Judy, then KJ Hamler. I think KJ Hamler could push his way up to top. Uh, this is very volatile, but that's how I'd rank the wide receivers right now in terms of value and importance. And uh, they're the next uh after Javonta Williams, number one, which is God. hello, I am still Nick Kendall I'm saying running back. Number one, most important for next year right now, which is insane.
0: Wait twice if you're okay.
1: Yeah. But the issue is if you lose KJ Hamler for a couple weeks, if you lose Cortland Sutton for a bit, you have depth that I trust there with those four guys. Obviously you can have more. That's great. If you want to bring another wide receiver. Um, then after that, I go uh, Tomlinson, or excuse me, Okaway Tomlinson. Mike Boone. So boom. now if you improve the
0: if the offensive line gets better and you improve the offensive line and you're able to get guys out of the box, the running back position doesn't become quite as important. Ask the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, you know, they're they're playing against you with when we went into that game, we're like, well, this guy's hurting to run in their third string running back coming off the practice squad or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but that offensive line and defensive lines were fine. And, and that's the how they're winning games. And that's where the Broncos are losing games. Yeah. That's how that game turned out.
1: The Broncos were playing you and me at uh, linebacker that game too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and I'm I'm running the other way. I'm not taking on a guard coming a, a pulling guard getting to the second level. I'm yeah. giving him a head fake, trying to get around him. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I I like that that order. Um, I'd go Sutton as well. I think he's 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 poised to catch back up to where he was before he got hurt. I think he's ready for breakout season. He already had his breakout season. I think he's ready. There was a dip. You look at his timeline and he tell he's ready to go back on the ascendancy. Um, Patrick, Judy, Judy should overtake Patrick this year. He should, he should, should. I'm should. not saying he will, but if he's going to become the guy that was a first round draft pick and become the guy that we think he should be, this is a year he needs to do it. Yeah. Hamler. If Hamler ends up being your fourth option at wide receiver, you're pretty happy because he's healthy and he's contributing. If he's not, then it's not going to be him. But, uh, but I, I agree with you on that on that order. Now, um, which puts Alberto Cuvebanam, you know, bringing up the rear and the importance of this offense. Do you have KJ uh, Hamler above Alberto? A
1: quick draft. How about you? I'm ready too. I'm um, just real quick questions. You didn't list a KJ Hamler. Is he? I said four. Four. You fine. said four. Okay. And is, yeah, was, I mean, you, who else
0: would it be right now?
1: You could argue Alberto Cuvebanam above KJ Hamler, maybe. Um, I, pro- I probably would do that then
0: because okay. I don't trust that KJ Hamler is going to be available. Yep, that's a good. I that's I just fair enough. Don't. He should be and it would be nice I, and that's kind of what I said. If if he is great. If he ends up being the fifth option, the fifth most productive skill
1: player on this team. Good. Good for right. him. Um, I one last question. It. Did you have Javonta Williams number 1? I'm sorry. Did you have Javonta Williams number 1?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's All fine. Right. Yeah, Which is crazy. There's, there's no redundancy there. Yeah. Um if you get improvement out of your interior offensive out of your offensive line, Javante Williams becomes less important, but he should be a 25 touch a game player right now, how it's set up. I agree with you. 25 touches a game, 18 carries five or six receptions. um, And that's going to be, and and he's going to be really, he's going to be really good.
1: And blink blinking twice um, here. It is Nick running back. (laughs) The most important uh, skill position, offensive skill position guy. Absolutely crazy. Um, and the Broncos last year, they had been, they faced the highest rate of stacked boxes in the NFL. Hopefully that'll change this year with Russell Wilson being one of the most efficient, prolific deep ball throwers in the history of the NFL. Again, part of that is because the middle of the field, he doesn't use it as much. So we keep coming back to that. Oh, how is Russell Wilson having the best completion percentage over expected of any quarterback in the NFL over the last 10 years? It's because he's not getting those, um, easy passes that other quarterbacks are getting over the middle of the field. Uh, so it all points to that. So the running back running game actually really important for the Broncos here. And let's get into the draft. We're already at 53 minutes. We'll go a little bit long today. Um, but uh, if Judy, I, I, is- and I
0: agree with Ethan here. I, I just don't, I think court and Sutton, you know, 1400 yards in his second year or, you know, somewhere in that <clears throat> neighborhood. He's established himself. If he become, if he gets back to that level that he was on, he's a number one on just about every team around. So okay. I, uh, I do he'll be tough to overtake. You know, if you end up with 1500 and 1200 out of Judy, yes, very, very happy.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Let's get into this mock draft here. I'm excited to see uh, what all this looks like here at the new board. I have a feeling we know some of the players that we're going to take and uh, I'm going to, this time I'm going to cheat. Everybody keeps giving us a hard time on the mock drafts and then post us their God blessed. Actually, I guess God forsaken. Uh, Pro Football Network mocks where they're drafting Aiden Hutchinson at pick 64 and then uh, getting Travon Walker at pick 75. Nick, look at this one. This one's much better. Don't send me your PFN mocks. I <laughs> i can't handle it because I I like to draft on hard. And that's what the PFF mock draft simulator is, because they always the guys that I like are almost always gone. Um, and that's especially true in Scott's drafting with the Falcons in front of me, taking the guys that I'm interested in. So um, here so we are.
0: I, I kind of want to go up to the top here and see where they've got going again. Uh, Hudson, Stingley, Thibodeau, Sauce, Kyle Hamilton, Icky, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, right tackle for Atlanta. Trevon Walker at 10. The first quarterback comes off the board at 19 to the Saints. Jordan Davis at 17. I've seen that one a lot, Nick. Jordan Davis to the Chargers.
1: Yeah, that would be talk about uh, going from terrible run defense to one of the best in the NFL. Uh, Austin Johnson, Sheldon Joseph Day, Khalil Mack, and then Jordan Davis—night and day difference here. All right, well, this board absolutely sucks, but um, <laughs> I'm I'm upset. I always want to hit the-, the
0: Falcons at 43. That'd be a nice pick. Quay Walker,
1: 42. All these guys that I like here in this range.
0: Christian yep, Watson is yep. all the way to 48. Oh, that's a that's a really good pick. If you can get them there, Pascal got moved up. So his rankings got moved up. There's your, there's Logan Hall for you, Troy Anderson of the Cowboys.
1: Interesting. Yep. Um, there's Abraham Lucas too. Okay, can we scroll down? Because right now every single one of these players I despise at the yep. pick. Don't like, don't like, don't like. <sighs> the guy to go with here? No, I don't think it's Cam Taylor Britt. I think all right, I don't think it's Zach Tom. I think it's Cam Taylor Britt. Um, I think he is one of the best defensive backs as a scheme fit in this uh, in this draft for the Broncos. Is he a cornerback? Is he a safety? Is he a slot? I don't know. He's long, he's explosive, he's a team captain. We just talked about it earlier how the Broncos need defensive back help. He he can literally play all three defensive back spots for the Broncos and he's a phenomenal tackler and a good athlete with good length. Um I'm going to pound the table here. Unless we want to take a trade down and do one of those things, but the guy here that seems far and away better for me for the Broncos at pick 64 is Cam Taylor Britton. I know we've been cheating to an extent getting Cam Taylor Britt pick 75 and everything like that, but he this is a this is a Blinking light for me. Cam Taylor-Britt's the obvious choice. Lucas
0: went to the Chiefs. I'm telling you, the Ravens and the Chiefs get every get all my guys in these in these mocks. Who'd the Ravens get? Because I, I want to look at them again. Kenneth Walker to the Chiefs. That would be. He took a running game. back. Brees Hall there. Who'd they take in the first? Because the Ravens always get my guys.
1: They probably took like George Karloftis or something. Ravens, where'd they pick? 14. 14, 14. 14. Jameson Williams. Oh, that'd be fun. Uh, that's that's where Debo Samuel should go. I want to see what Debo Samuel looks like playing off of uh, Lamar Jackson. That all the space there that they could create, amazing. Let's see what the chat has to say about that pick there. Um, I would not go. Uh, it's, split. it's split. It's split.
0: There's uh, there's some you know. EJ likes the pick. Um, let's see. Uh, Kathy uh, on Winfrey was not on the board. Still, I don't believe I didn't. I scrolled up, but I didn't look at him. Dale likes the pick.
1: Michael does not. That's okay, Michael. I I absolutely despise, uh, not despise. That's rough. But Kingsley Anigbawe, he is such a poor athlete at the position. He has one of the bottom ten yard splits um, of any edge rusher in the last like ten years. Um, and uh, while he has incredible length, he has absolutely no bend as well. And almost all of his pressures came against non Power Five teams. So uh, I am just I great length, but he is purely a first and da- first and second down run stopping edge, which first and second down in today's NFL. I need that from you, but I need that as well as the pass rushing. So he's, uh, he's not for me um, for the Broncos there. Um, Also Asamoah. um, I don't think he's a very good fit in a three, four team. I love the length. I love the athleticism. I don't love his ability to take on blockers. I think you're going to play him more as a star in this position. um, But, is what it is. And I see some people saying, I like Pascal at pick 64. Pascal is already gone. He um, was gone.
0: He got moved up to uh, 44 on their new board. So we yes. used to get him uh, fairly late. I like Pascal too. And Perrion Winfrey went at 70 in the third round. There um, he would have um, been optioned
1: too. I prefer Cam Taylor Britt over Perrion Winfrey with what I've heard from some things. Can we scroll up? I just want to see who uh, came off the board here. Nick Cross, Jalen Tolbert, Christian Harris, Cam Taylor Britt. So um, scroll down a little bit. For the, excuse me, on the, the board here. Keep there scoring. wasn't anything there. We, go, we don't pass on Zach Tom again. Uh, I think I might, because I might uh, cheat the system here. So we get a good grade and take uh Cam Juergens at 96. We, I think he's there. Wait on him. That's. I think I might cheat and wait on Cam Juergens. Cause <laughs> I think he's, he's better um than uh Zach Tom. He just is. Um So God, this is a pretty bad board though for the Broncos. No, let's um, take
0: him. Jurgens won't be there. Let's take him.
1: Back to back Nebraska picks is rough. Actually, we did. We we just took in Scott. Let's do it. Let's take Sam Williams. Let's say and this is the reality where the Broncos. Um, they worked out chance. the background here. They got the back. They uh they trust him. There goes Cam Jurgens. That's okay. I was willing to take that chance. Um, so he went off the board there. We ended up taking. Uh, Kim Sam Williams at eighty
0: seven. Yep. Zach Tom. Zach Tom went right after us at 77.
1: That's okay. D'Angelo
0: Malone is there. Isn't a bad pick as well.
1: We already took an edge, Uh, but but
0: we went that direction already. Marcus Jones. We went corner already.
1: I like a lot of these cornerbacks here and 96 is isn't a bad place to get a running back. I think I want to wait on running back. Keep scrolling down. There's Jelani woods. This is an area where Jelani woods maybe starts to actually make some sense. Um, but maybe we want to roll the dice and see if he's there at pick. Uh, Braxton Jones is there. Um, scroll back I, up. Braxton Jones. I like that pick. He's moved up the rankings and we don't pick again until 115. That's soon, though. There's your right tackle. You know what? I'm I'm going to make a, a plea here uh, for you on this one. This is somebody we haven't taken very much, and maybe it's a little bit of redundancy, but we've this whole episode, we spent about 20 minutes talking about the value of depth in the secondary mm-hmm. and we already did one where sam jones or sam williams he passes the background checks as far as the battery that he had i'm gonna have one here where i'm gonna say that marcus jones uh passes the shoulder injury here broncos need a punt returner and uh, cam taylor Britt. is he a safety is he a slot is he a boundary corner i don't know i don't care that much um so uh there's braxton jones I'm taking right braxton jones at let's 115 yep let's do it braxton jones here and then you um, can have one sixteen. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. No, I'm 100 with you. Can you see where? Um, can you scroll up though? I just want to see where a couple guys that I was interested in here went. Um, there's D'Angelo Malone. There's Jelani Woods. Uh, that's too bad, but is what it is. There's Jeremy Rutgert as well. Volley um, falls like to the fourth. It's Case Rastrow. Hey, that makes some sense to me. Um, there's Lavante Taylor. There, another name that I really like for uh, the Broncos. Um, okay, let's scroll down. Um, you took our tackle here, so I'm feeling okay about tackle. There's Dane Belton. We've gone very high in the secondary, though. Um, this is, okay, this is the spot where I'm going to I'm gonna give in. This guy's a freak athlete, um, but I think he's doesn't know what he's doing at the linebacker spot yet. But mm-hmm. you're talking the fourth round with one of the highest Ross players of all time who has like a 34-inch arm length. Insane athlete. At the very least, he is going to be a phenomenal special teams player. And uh, I don't know how much Penn State you've watched, Scott, but Brandon Smith two years ago essentially played the starbacker position mm-hmm. where he was a, didn't have to play over the trash of the offensive line, essentially lined up over the tight ends. And I'm going to use Brandon Smith. Hopefully in that re- role early on, you get a freak athlete. Um, He's also somebody who actually has the mass that could be a pass rusher as well. You want, Oh, he has a hard time sorting through trash and keying in, in the run game, move him to the line of scrimmage and say, go attack ball. Yeah. You um, got one,
0: you got one job. You got yep. one job, beat that tackle. Cause they're not, it's, it's, it's an empty back set. You know, there's, there's no tight end. You got one guy, and if they double then we'll get you then our then our, our our end will be uh be available.
1: I think um, I think I'm gonna say uh, Brandon Smith here for me. If you're he's gonna
0: miss here, let's let's look him up real quick. Brandon Smith.
1: Freak athlete. Um his mock draftable chart is insane. Um again, he's it, really doesn't know what he's doing yet at the linebacker position. So there is some wrong guy. There is some concern about his projection, but this is this is where you draft the guys who are like, okay, freak athletes, but not the best football player yet.
0: That was a fail. Uh, Yeah. If you're going to miss, miss on a guy that's 245, 50 pounds with, with this athleticism, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that for sure.
1: Yeah. Throw him in the
0: practice squad
1: and say, fight your way out of it or you're going to be here forever. Yep. He's a freak athlete and I'd be very curious to see how he does in the next level. I absolutely love uh, the arm length as well. Even if you move him to edge, his arm length is in the 86th percentile, his 40 yard dash in the 90th percentile, broad jump, 95th percentile, vertical nine, uh, 90th percentile. The only area where he's small is weight, but 250 is not incredibly no, small he's for not an edge. Well, he's, he's almost the same size as, uh, as Micah Parsons. And listen, listen to this. This is insane. So I'm looking at mock draftable right now. Brandon Smith's most comparable athletic profiles, as far as his actual, uh, measurements from the combine. Number one, uh, cambrian wimbley who if you guys remember was a first round pick didn't hit in the league but a good athlete their first round pick after that lorenzo carter just got a good contract kind of a jack linebacker after that it's Danielle hunter everybody knows daniel hunter uh then it's josh sweat then it's Judavion clowny and then it's brian burns uh <laughs> Maffe also one of the highest uh relatable uh skill sets there so brandon smith here i think makes a lot of sense we spent a lot of time talking about a fourth round pick but i think I that one well sense.
0: you had to talk yourself into it on that one that's why yeah. You have to. You're justifying it to yourself. Your brain saying, "I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy." Um, several good options here. Uh, I like. L- well, let's go. Both running um, backs stick out to me here. I like Pierre Strong. If we want to get our running back here, Daniel Tyler. Bellinger, tight end, I do like. Who's Might
1: be the guy I want in this spot. I think the option that screams out to me here is I like uh, J.T. Woods. Also. I think the option that screams out to you for me, if it's going to be my brand, is uh, Daniel Bellinger. I think getting him round five is an absolute steal. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he goes round three. He's probably one of the best blocking tight ends in this class. Uh, we need, we need for sure uh, for yep. for uh, for
0: this for this group. We don't need a pass catcher. We don't need a speedy pass catcher as much as we need a good old
1: fashioned tight end. Yep, hundred um, percent. So we are on the board again. Um, oh my god. Okay, this is going to be a lot of fun here. We're round six. Ty Chandler sticks out to me here, but I want to talk about this guy. Um, If you scroll down a little bit, Jason Poe, Um, can you, I don't know if you can click the see more or anything on that, but he is not tall. um, 6'1", 300. So very small for the uh, center guard position. He tested like an unbelievable, unbelievable athlete. At uh, Mercer's pro day, he played some center. He played some fullback. I know he's a little small, but he has similar arm length to that of uh, of uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, similar weight to that of Tyler Linderbaum. I think he's super discount Tyler Linderbaum to get him in the sixth round here, I think is a a dice roll that's worth it because he is that level of athlete. Um, I think this is uh again, sixth round. You're betting on something like that here. He's small, but outside zone scheme. I'm, I'm interested.
0: Yeah, he's moved up the board for sure. Um, I don't think he was at the combine, so he was a pro day guy. So that's okay.
1: Yeah, and I think if you look in Ross, his uh, his athletic profile mimics really closely to Aaron Donald, which is crazy. Um, but that's like the type of athlete and length and uh, body type that he has.
0: And now we're you know we're we're getting towards the bottom here, where you just try and find guys that can play. Jack Jones can play a little bit.
1: Yeah, Jack Jones. Um, sorry, I was looking at Jason Poe's stuff here. Um, man, I almost feel like we have to take a running back here because we haven't yet. Um, Brock Purdy. Oh, actually, you know what? This is a good pick for me. I think uh, Noah Ellis down here makes a lot of sense. We haven't taken an interior defensive lineman yet. He's a nose tackle. That makes some sense here. And we're back on the clock. I forgot about that. Um looking at running back here. Jerrion Ely, Snoop, CJ Vidal can we just take Tyler Goodson here? I think he's a good, you're looking for a little bit of thunder and lightning seventh round here. Tyler Goodson is a really good outside zone scheme fit and a home run hitter and a slasher playing behind a very bad Iowa offensive line last season. So uh, he makes sense there in the seventh round. I think it's funny. You get a C for Sam Williams because they've got him under ranked. Yep. Got an A for Jason Poe though. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Overall B plus draft. So yeah, guys let us know in the comments section. What you think? And uh, you guys let us know uh, what's going on here. Yeah, Poe is a stud, said Wade. Um, Ty Chandler seemed obvious to me, too, but I just really wanted to talk about uh, Poe because he's somebody who has such a weird body type and ability, and I think he's – we haven't talked about him much at all, but, again, he is somebody who – freak athlete. Uh, That's absolutely. a lot of picks
0: for a team that doesn't have a ton of holes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Man. so I can see I can definitely see uh packaging a couple of these. You know, let's go 115 and 116 and move up to 80. You know, something along those lines. 206 and 232 we move up to 175. I can I can see that happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to share real quick on my screen here, Scott, if that's okay with you. Yeah, we're done. Um, with just this one. just the uh, RAS uh relative athletic score um comparison for uh, Tyler Linderbaum versus Jason Poe and you can see what I'm talking about here, as far as athleticism, now he's a little bit shorter, obviously six six one versus six two, um, but he weighs. It's got longer arms. He weighs the same. He benched more than Linderbom, and after that, I mean, his athletic metrics are pretty darn close. Um, so again, uh, don't sleep on uh, Poe because he is somebody right now who I think Michael. actually I work. Mike, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, All right, man. Michael, appreciate you coming in on YouTube with a
0: bang. So uh, thank you for finishing us off here. Uh, yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you, sir. Can't say enough about your generosity for sure. So thank you, sir. Yep. Very much. Wow.
1: that's uh, Different that's Michael so-
0: Kerr. Thank you, Michael. Michael Renquillo coming in. Uh, I'm going to look that one up. I want to see what the, the super sticker is on that one as well. So thank you so much for coming in red. I love it, Michael. Thank you, yeah. sir. You're
1: a huge help to, uh, yeah, to the show. That is uh, incredibly generous, and uh, we appreciate you so much for that. And uh, guys, let us know in the chat what you thought about that. I mean, some of the picks were hard, but uh really appreciate that. And yeah, we got super duper star Michael coming in. Thank you guys so much. Um, I guess that's about it for us. Um, the mm-hmm. last Broncos for breakfast before the before week of the draft. week. Oh, man. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, DWI guys giving me a hard time saying the Bellinger pick is an F. He's just trying to hurt my feelings now. Um and uh Sean saying 115 116 are valuable in this draft. It's a lot of I fun agree. to have the back to We got Braxton
0: Jones there. Braxton Jones could be a starting right tackle by November. Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a string guy coming in and saying it'll be fun to talk draft after the draft and compare George Payton picks to yours, Nick. Um Payton knows what he's doing 10 times over compared to what I do and they have way more uh knowledge uh than I do, but um uh, doesn't mean that we're not going to critique it and put our own spin on what we think it should be and we'll see how the chips fall. I mean this is mm-hmm. projecting the future and anybody who says they know what it is is a con man. So uh you know there's always a little bit of uh unpredictability and that's what makes this space so fun is that you are talking opinions and basing it on past knowledge and we can critique it without having any sort of like god complex where I know everything and you're you're right. Anybody who does that is wrong to begin with.
0: And, and what'll be interesting to me is it's just Again, what mock drafts are for is to see who can be available. Who are some of the players that can be available that you've got choices to take, not they're going to take this guy. Because if you do a mock draft of the first round, one outlier changes the entire board. It's like I missed two, so now three through 32 are now offline. Um, So I uh, am distracted here by Ethan coming in to finish us off, seeing Red to close us out. Wow. but it'll for me it'll be interesting to see you know how close are these guys that we're taking these spots to where they came off the board because yeah. now i think the pff their their rankings are getting closer to where we like the guys uh to a certain extent too and and ethan michael uh mark all of y'all coming in today max power everybody that came in today to support the show you're freaking awesome we love you
1: yeah Absolutely. Make sure you guys are tuning in uh, tonight for an episode of uh, Huddle Up podcast with Zach and Chad. And then uh, tomorrow, I think George Payton is having a pre-draft press conference. So it should be a lot of fun um, to hear what he has to say. And we'll be live on Scott's channel tomorrow. Uh, Scott, Mm -hmm. plug that real quick because that's not. Yeah, so
0: uh, when when, uh, Nick's going through the run through, we'll go through and we talk a lot of uh, we'll do. We'll probably mock draft again because it's just fun. Yeah, um, true. we talk a lot of, uh, of players. It's, it is an Atlanta Falcons show, but you know, Nick and I are football guys. We like the process. And, uh, when Nick's going through the, the closeout here, we will, uh, I'll, I'll put a link into my channel to make sure that you're, you're there tomorrow morning at uh, nine thirty nine 30 Eastern seven 30 mountain.
1: Yeah. It sounds great, man. we'll see you guys tomorrow on uh, Scott's channel and uh, appreciate everybody uh, joining us today. We appreciate you. Um, Scott will post out that mock draft afterward. Get get at us on Twitter. And Ethan, I do feel better now. Thank you so much. Um, although Daniel Bellinger is one of my guys. I mean, I thought I was high on him. And then Daniel Jeremiah comes out and puts him as his number three overall tight end in this class. So uh I'm not I'm not even that high. Uh <laughs> I thought I was like, okay, uh Daniel Bellinger, round six, round five every time. Hallelujah. Sign me up. I think he's probably closer to, you know, one of those 115, 116 picks. Um, and that hasn't uh if they take in there, I'd be fine with that. But three overall tight end in this class not a very good tight end class uh as far as number one tight ends but that's okay um we're gonna get on out of here guys we appreciate you so much make sure you guys are following scott on twitter scott is at scout kennedy and i am at nick kendall mhh also make sure you're following us at huddle up pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, follow us on our Facebook communities, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. And please like, subscribe, and share on YouTube. On Facebook, we got a care react coming in from Carolina Lens. Thank you so much, Carolina Lens, over on Facebook with the care react. You guys be like Carolina Lens. Join us there. Drop us a like, uh, heart react, whatever, and do the same on YouTube. Please subscribe, like, and share on huddle up. And if you haven't done so yet, find us on Apple podcast scroll down huddle up podcast uh leave us a five-star review and a comment that we will get to at a later point in time um good mock that was one of my favorites that we've done so far maybe it's because you didn't really push me too much because we were getting long and i'm like this is the guy that i want and then we move forward but uh no, I,
0: I i defer I, again I, I pick my battles people think yeah. you know uh that i'm super argumentative only when i'm right if i'm not sure i'll i'll sit in the back i'll sit in the back but if i'm arguing by god i'm passionate about it <laughs> <laughs> pick your battles and those were battles. I was going to pick, you know, you
1: know, those guys at the back end of the draft better than I do. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. nice no, I, I have the guys that are my pets, right? Like I really like this guy. I'm comfortable with this guy. There's probably guys that I'm overlooking sure, yeah, The like, only one I'm like, I'm not even over. asking.
0: I'm taking Braxton Jones here. Yep. And that was, I got the keys. I'm clicking it.
1: <laughs> that was one where I was like, okay, I got three offensive tackles. In range that makes sense there that I'm going to play the the value game of waiting just see who falls. And we did that with center. We got burned at pick 96. We ended up getting Poe later, who I'm happy about because I was thinking I'd really like to walk out with Poe in this dress, this one, just so we can talk about him. Um, but there was a Spencer Burford at UTSA, Matt Wilesco at like North him. Dakota, like him. and uh, Braxton Jones. All like of those him. guys were still there at pick 96. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's take the Marcus Jones here because we haven't done it very much. We already took Sam Williams, kind of a weird draft there, and Marcus Jones. I think he could be, oh yeah, gosh, a really good safety cornerback prospect in this scheme if his shoulders are good. And we need a returner. So um, about that. Um, Kareem saying, no, don't go. I, do, I gotta don't want to focus on work. We do got to go. Um, we'll see you guys tomorrow over on Scott's channel. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun there and talk a lot more draft. Do another mock draft simulator. A lot of fun. Uh, appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos.